0: The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's www.edworks.com slash Bill Risser.
1: This is a very stressful business, and sometimes that stress, um, if people don't know how to handle that stress, it sometimes can go a little negative. So that's another challenge that I sometimes have to deal with, that you just have to keep the agents um, on an even keel. They've got to remember that We can't always show our highs and lows because we're working with that seller and buyer and we've got to keep that even keel.
0: Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Risser of Chicago Title Arizona. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Today we get to go to a brand new state that's always exciting for me. We're going to be visiting Stephanie Sersland of Coldwell Banker Real Estate Professionals in Iowa City, Iowa. Now, as we record this podcast, she's not in Iowa. She's going to be in Miami at the Gen Blue Conference. I'm really excited to talk to her. Stephanie's been a supporter of, of the podcast and a supporter of the Staredown since we started that with Sean Carpenter. So Stephanie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Bill. Thank you very much for asking me to be a guest.
0: You've, all, like I said, you've been a real um, solid supporter of what we've been doing here at at, at the real estate sessions and the stare down. And so I, I have to start with our mutual friend Sean Carpenter. Um, how, how did you meet Sean?
1: Well, I first met Sean back in 2008. I was looking for a speaker to come into our company to speak to our agents. And I had contacted Kim Doherty out of Coldwell Banker Gundacker in St. Louis, Missouri. And Kim's schedule was full, and he recommended I contact Sean. And so I did, and without hesitation, Sean said, yes, I will be out to Iowa. Um, he did. He came out in, I believe it was October of 2008, and he did a great class for our agents. And I've had him back twice since then.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's a very cool guy. He's got a great way of... Well, actually, he's an amazing writer and he brings that skill into what he does in his classes, right? Yes,
1: yes, yeah. he does. He really knows how to communicate with people. He knows to bring it, how to bring it down to the level of the agent.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, and not speak over their heads, but go, here's exactly what you exactly. got to do. Yeah, it's great. Well, I, you know, enough, enough of pumping up Sean. He'll, his head will get too big. So we'll, we'll move on from that. <laughs> Now your your company uh, you're in Iowa City, Iowa. Are are you a native Iowan? Is that what I say, Iowan?
1: Yes, yes I am. Yes so, I am.
0: Did you grow up in the Iowa City area or somewhere else in the state?
1: No, in northeast Iowa, around the Decorah area. It's um about three hours northeast of Iowa City. Okay. And in 1986, my husband and I moved to Iowa City and just fell in love with the area and decided to make that our permanent home.
0: Tell me what you like best about your state.
1: I would have to say without hesitation how friendly we are and how kind we are. Um, We always have each other's backs and we always uh, look out for each other and that's in personal lives and in business life.
0: It's kind of that Midwest, it's that prototypical Midwestern state, right?
1: It is, it is. It's just um, we really care for each other and we care for what um our community is doing what our state is doing and you just do that with everybody
0: My one trip to Iowa came in the 90s I was in uh Chicago enjoying some baseball my wife had surprised me with a trip to go to Wrigley Field and once I found out we were going there I did some quick calculating on the map and realized you know what Dyersville Iowa is about a 4 hour drive from Chicago Illinois mm-hmm. and and why yeah. would why would I go to Dyersville Stephanie do you know
1: the field of dreams. The field of dreams. Yes.
0: <laughs> we did. We went to the cornfield. We we went to the little souvenir stand. I bought some corn and some soil from the field, and we went out and played catch. And I pitched to some kids that were hitting. And we walked into the corn. It's it is my favorite movie yeah. of all time, and it, it occurred right there in Dyersville, Iowa.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. There's so many times wherever I'm at, um, no matter where I'm at in the United States. If when I say I'm from Iowa, I'd say. The majority of the people will say, "Field of Dreams."
0: Yeah, or do they say, the
1: hockey, "Iowa?" Hockey.
0: <laughs> do they say, "Is this heaven?" And you can say, no, no, Iowa." No, Iowa. Yeah, just just a really uh, really pretty. I don't know if it's still in the same um, condition it was 20 years ago, but it did such a good job of preserving a portion of the field. I think ultimately, you know, yes. one of the farmers had to grow some crop, so. <laughs>
1: Right, right. No, it's still in really good condition. They actually just did a big um, event there this past summer, and it was a big attraction again.
0: That's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something else about Iowa that stands out for me as a as a you know. I work for Chicago Title here in Phoenix, and Iowa is a state we are definitely not in, and that's because I don't think there are really any title companies in Iowa. Is that correct?
1: Well, Bill, we're still an abstract state. Okay. And you're correct. We do not have um, title companies per se in the state of Iowa, but we do have our lending institutions um, still use title insurance um, because the secondary mortgage market requires it now.
0: Right, and, but it's, is it issued by the state in some way? I think do they they provide that guarantee? Correct.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So in my world, we don't want a whole lot of states doing that. That would uh, <laughs> that would cut down on our business. Mm-hmm. But I was doing some digging, and it looks like the the in Iowa that it's a it's a nominal fee to get that guarantee. It's is it twenty five dollars or something that that takes care of that. Yes. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's
1: it's it is, and um, it's actually worked out well how they've integrated it into our existing way of doing um, the closings for uh, the transactions that we have.
0: So there are escrow companies there that handle that part of it. Uh, but they simply just contra- they just contact the state to get their commitment or their abstract or whatever and move forward from there.
1: Yes, yes, they have to um, be um, a member and then they can contact the lending institutions or the escrow companies can contact the title insurance companies to request that for that
0: awesome. transaction. Awesome. Awesome. Personally, for you, are you know I've heard Sean mention Iowa and the Hawkeyes when talking about you. Are you a Hawkeye? I am. <laughs> so, I am. So, uh, <laughs> it's kind of
1: hard not to be when you live in Iowa City.
0: Yeah, that's true. And how are you holding up this season?
1: Good. I think it's it's going to prove to be a little bit tougher season for us this year, um, but they've done pretty good. We were just in Purdue this past weekend. I think we have Wisconsin coming in to Iowa this weekend, which that'll be a real test.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But um, yeah, we've had a few injuries, um, but I think they'll, they'll, they'll step it up where they have to. You know, pretty good.
0: Yeah, out here we there's an Iowa Hawkeye establishment up in Mesa that uh, every Saturday. Really? Oh yeah, there's it's uh I can't remember the name of the place, but they they proudly fly the the Hawkeye flag and it's there's a big contingency of people out in the uh, Mesa, you know, yeah. Scottsdale area from Iowa.
1: Um Oh, and, I'm glad to hear that.
0: Yeah, and I uh, my, my my guess is you maybe you kind of missed the good old days of Hayden Fry cuz he was such a that guy was amazing as a with a, with his presence on the sideline, and I'm sure you know that Iowa fans loved that tenure, right? Twenty years of of his coaching.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, he when he came in, he really built that team up again, and it really became solid and it really became recognized, I think, throughout the United States as one of the top um, football teams. And he did a really good job doing that, and Kirk Ferentz has done a good job keeping that going forward. And Hayden still comes back to Iowa City um, right around the Labor Day weekend for um, Fry Fest. They have a um, event called Fry Fest, and he comes back for that once in a while. And um, it's a big um, recognition to the Iowa Hawkeyes and a big party for the state.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that. I'm I talk to Sean all the time about SEC football. I'm sure you've heard some of those conversations. And mm-hmm. You know, Big Ten's the same way. Uh, it's just – it's crazy how much football means in that part of the country. So. Oh, it is. Yeah.
1: It, it's very dominant here. Mm-hmm. Just really, again, just brings the state together. And and they just – not only do they cheer for the other teams in the state of Iowa, but the Hawkeyes just seem to draw in that bigger crowd. And it's really supportive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love I, – you know, it's, it's a goal of mine. I, I've never been to uh, – College football in the Midwest or the Southeast, and it's a bucket list item for me. I've got to make it happen. So.
1: Oh, good. Yes, good.
0: Well, let's let's talk about you then on the real estate side of things. You, you know, I ask many of my guests, you know, while they're in school and and figuring out where they're what they're going to be in their life. um, I always want to know, you know, were were you aiming for a career in real estate while finishing up school? I mean, is that if was that a, a passion of yours early on?
1: Well, I always wanted to be in business. And I think I just kind of fell into the real estate side of business um, when I was in Decora, uh, finished school, and happened to know someone with, at that time, Century 21. And they were looking for an office manager. And so I applied and got the job, and I have been addicted ever since. And when we came down to Iowa City, I right away got into real estate um, with another company, a competitor of ours. Um, I'm now with Coldwell banker. i was it was a competitor that I was with for thirteen years, and I just it's just an addictive profession. Um, every day is something new. Learn something new every day. there's always challenges. Um, so yeah, i've always I don't see myself doing anything else besides real estate.
0: Now, you came in on the management side of things, right? Just kind of starting off in the yeah. office. Um, did did it take very long for you to get licensed and kind of keep moving up that path?
1: No, I um Got my license, oh, I'd say a couple of years after I was in Iowa City, and that was just to allow me to really walk the walk and talk the talk. Um, I never had aspirations to sell real estate, um, but I was always in the trenches with the real estate agents in management, and that's just what led me to the position that I'm in now.
0: Right. So you're, um, you're with Colwell Banker. And they have a really long, rich history, I think, in this country, right? And I'd love for you, yeah. um, not to put you on the spot, but I'd love for you to give me kind of that, that, that brief history of the company.
1: Sure. Um, it all started back after the um, horrific earthquake in San Francisco, where um, Coldwell and Banker got together and formed the Coldwell Banker Real Estate Company and they wanted to make sure everybody was taken care of during the real estate transactions and they really built their business on caring for people building relationships um, and doing it the right way and throughout all the years that Coldwell Bankers been out there they have brought in the people to keep that that mission of theirs going and I think every company that opens up with the Coldwell Banker brand name, they emphasize that. They want people that want to to take care of the company brand's name um, and have pride with it and really help the people in real estate.
0: Now, the first thing I I noticed when you said that is there was a gentleman named Coldwell and a gentleman named Banker right? Yes. So yes. how many times do you get asked, you know, well, why are you guys a banker? I mean, why do you have that in your name? Is that a common question?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they, they they ask us if we're a bank. They they right away, they think we have um, some ties to banking.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I think most people think that because, you know, even my wife, I said, oh, I'm going to talk to Stephanie from Caldwell Banker. And she said, oh, a lender. And I went, Oh no, <laughs> that's not that's no, not what it is. No. It's, yeah, it's it's a uh, name of a company, and I'm gonna find out exactly where it came from. So I appreciate that. That's great. Now, mm-hmm. Fortwill Banker is they're here in Phoenix, and they're they're really well known uh, for the, for taking a newer agent and really having extensive training. Talk about that part of the philosophy. Yes.
1: Um. Again, it goes back to um, the beginnings of local banker real estate they wanted their Realtors to be educated so they could educate the consumer in selling their homes and buying homes and so they have really that is probably one of their strongest foundations is the education part of it and the training of the real estate agents this is a huge investment when a buyer decides to buy or when a seller decides to sell their home it's a, it's a major decision in their life, and they shouldn't just allow anybody to do it. They should be working with professionals that have been trained, trained by the best, and um, want to take care of the people that they're working with. And we have that same um, training in our office. We do not just hire agents to be hiring them. We want agents that fit into our culture and that want to be trained. Not everybody wants to be in an office that has training. They just think it's easy to go out and list and sell real estate. But we truly believe in training our agent, and i I'm very upfront when I'm interviewing potential new agents that that's what we do. We train, we mentor at our company. It's just really important that the agent feels that they have been trained to do their job and that they have a supportive system back at the office to support them. Um, when they're up there and selling real
0: estate. Talking about that recruiting piece, so, you know, there, there are the 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 newer model that came out, we'll call it newer compared to Cobo Banker, is the 100% shops. You know, that had to be, when this first started coming out, there had to be, you had to really position yourself, right, with that sort of stuff. How do you, when that possible recruit says, well, I'm really looking at this, oh, this other place because, you know, they're 100%, how do you handle that?
1: Again, I go back to the support that we provide in our office. I go back to the education that we have. And I will just be right up front. I'll just say, this is what we do. This is our culture. And if it doesn't fit into what you want to do in your real estate career, then I suggest you go talk to other real estate companies. It's not all about the um, almighty dollar. Um, you can make as much money as you want to in real estate. You just have to work hard at it and you want to have that support behind you so you can be successful. I know I do, when I interview new agents, I do have to send our commission schedules to them because there are other companies out there that do offer the higher split. But when I show them the value of what our company has to offer them as a realtor, they end up choosing Colville Banker real estate professionals.
0: It almost sounds like as I listen to you, it's the same thing um, um, when you're at a listing presentation as a realtor. It's the same thing you're saying to your seller. This is why I'm worth X percent of commission because this is what I'm going to do for you. And this is the value I'm going to bring to to marketing your home. You have the same – you have that same value proposition as an owner of a company, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
1: We want to make sure – yeah, we always want to make sure we're showing our value out there. Because they can. They can go and do a real estate transaction with a realtor online. Um, They're not going to have the face-to-face contact. They're not going to have that relationship with their real estate agent. um, And they're not really going to have that value. And we really want to show them what we can do to support them during their buying, buying process and their selling process.
0: Now, I mentioned at the beginning, as we record this episode, that you're in Miami for the GenBlue Conference. Uh, I've, I hear about this all the time. Yeah, tell me tell me about this conference and what, what the next few days look like for you.
1: Uh, the classes um, all begin tomorrow. And this year, it's a different format from what I understand. Usually, we go um, to one-hour sessions and listen to different instructors throughout the day. And this year, it sounds like we're going to be in a large auditorium all together, and they're going to bring the speakers out on the stage, um, like, every 45 minutes. And I've never been to an event like this before, where they have speakers just come out and talk to us throughout the day, and we don't get up and move to different classrooms. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hearing some of the speakers. I haven't heard some of the ones that are, are set to speak to us this year.
0: And what kind of things do they, to, at a typical GenBlue conference, are they covering? Is it is it geared towards um, the owner broker or is it geared towards the agent? Both? How does that work?
1: I'd say it's mainly geared towards the real estate agent, but there's a lot of management and owner education here also. You just have to choose what you want to go to. When I go to, in the past, when I've gone to our GenBlue con- conventions, I always try to get in as much education in regard to the management side of it, the ownership side of it, but I also attend real estate agent classes because I want to hear what our realtors are being told and taught. So I can still relate to them on an everyday basis. I um, mean, that's what Gen Blue has always done. They've always brought in great education for our agents, for our brokers, for our owners. And I'd say every year I've walked away I always walk away with a list full of good information to use back at the office, but there's always those golden nuggets that you can implement into your business, and it really works. It really takes off.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a key for any conference of any kind, really, in our space in real estate. There's so much going on, but boy, it's it's, it's those three, four, five things that you pick up and go, wow, I can implement that. I can work with that right now that really make the difference, right?
1: Yes, yes, because you, I mean, real estate's done, it's all very similar, but there's just different parts of it in your, in the different parts of the United States and in in the whole United, the whole world, Um, they just do business differently, but there are these key elements that you still can implement into your business um, that works in every office.
0: Let's talk about your office. You're uh, you're the you're a partner, and owner, right, in the Coldwell Banker Real Estate Professionals in Iowa City. Um, talk about how you got that, how you got to that point. From uh, you started off as an office manager, and then uh, let's talk about that process about becoming an owner.
1: I was with our competitor for 13 years in the Iowa City market, and I just started kind of questioning if this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my career. And as soon as I opened up that question to myself, I received a phone call from one of the owners of Coldwell Banker Real Estate Professionals and had asked me if I'd be interested in learning more about their company and being a manager at their company. And I just thought this was an opportunity that I could not pass up. And so I met with the ownership of the company and right away just clicked with them and really liked what Colville Banker had to offer. They have so many tools out there that we're not constantly reinventing the wheel when we come up with an idea we want to implement it. I just have to reach out to Colbull Banker and they've got it and we just tweak it to make it ours at our company. And that's what attracted me the most. And the atmosphere of the agent that I really got attracted to also. They um really wanted to be with Colbell Banker and have a successful career with, and I wanted to be part of that. In um the year 2000 is when I started with Colville Banker Real Estate Professionals, and then in 2004, the ownership approached me and our operations manager and four, six other agents, and asked if we wanted to be new owners of the company because there was going to be some succession planning, some you know eight, um, owners starting to retire, and they just wanted to make sure that the company kept going strong, and so. I accepted that along with the other people that were offered those, the ownership and I've been an owner since 2004.
0: What's your biggest challenge uh, in a management ownership role?
1: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I would it, it depends on sometimes the day. It sometimes depends on the month. Um, right now, we're getting ready to enter the fourth quarter, or we're in the fourth quarter of the year. And sometimes the motivation Starts to slip away because it's not as busy as it is during the first, second, and third quarter of the year. And so it's my challenge now will be keeping them motivated, getting them through that fourth year, and then getting them geared up for the first quarter of 2017. And I do a lot of that um, in the fourth quarter. I do our business planning sessions where I sit down one on one with our agents and we set their business planning goal. For the next year and that sometimes helps keep that motivation going throughout the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, we definitely see that in our industry as well. Um, we never really look forward to the fourth quarter.
1: The other thing is um, is this, this is a very stressful business and sometimes that stress, um, if people don't know how to handle that stress, it sometimes can go a little negative So that's another challenge that I sometimes have to deal with, that you just have to keep the agents um, on an even keel. They've got to remember that we can't always show our highs and lows because we're working with that seller and buyer and we've got to keep that even keel. And so it's just keeping them, um, believing in themselves and that they are good realtors and that, yes, we're going to have some stressful times in this business, but we'll keep it we'll keep everything even and um, everything will go, goes more smoothly.
0: You know, Sean speaks highly of you when I talk to him and he, he's mentioned to me a couple times that he's turned to you for help kind of with his accountability and, and, and just kind of the planning process as he's transitions back into selling. Um, can you share a couple tips or some of the things you're working with with Sean?
1: Sure. Sure. Um, and thank you for sharing that with me. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Sean's. I have been since I met him in 2008 and I try to promote him to um, anyone that will, um, that is interested in hiring a speaker or just getting to know a really good person. Um, I really uh, admire what he's done since he got in the speaking business um, and has done a really good job in it, not only in, in speaking but in training his agents in Ohio. Um, yes, he reached out to me um, oh several months ago saying that he was going to step down as the director of education for his company, and then he's going to go back into full-time sales and um, focus more on speaking throughout the United States. And so, yes, we've talked um, about his business plan. Um, we've kind of talked about having two business plans for him, one for his speaking engagements and one for his uh, real estate listing and sales goals. And um, he's been working on, on those.
0: I know he's already closed some transactions, so obviously, he's got right back into the selling part uh, pretty easily, right? Yes. You know, I want to go back to, you mentioned the business planning that you do one-on-one with your agents at your company, and I find that that's not a priority for a lot of realtors, that they tend to wing it. And, um, you know, we actually have created... A business planning class as well. A lot of other title companies do it where at least we have a spreadsheet, just something to say you have to know what your numbers are. You have to know what you did last year. You have to know what you're going to do next year, what your goals are for next year. And it's just for me, it's mind boggling how many um, agents don't tend to take that seriously.
1: You're right, Bill. There are a lot of agents that do not set goals for them for their business and they do, they just wing it in this business and in this business you can't. You need to have a set business plan. You need to know where your business came from the year before so you know where you're spending your marketing dollars. Uh, You need to know what your budget is for your marketing, for how you are staying in contact with your sphere of influence and you have to have goals to, to reach out um I can't imagine doing a business like real estate without having a goal saying this is what I'm going to do by the end of this year I might not meet it or I might I might exceed it which is great but I have to work towards something And some ages just they miss that part um, of this business they sometimes don't run their real estate business like a business. And that's what I always tell our agents, you've got to run your business like it is a business within our business because that's how we run our business. And um, they need to have those goals and those business plans laid out for them. And it's not, sometimes they think it's too detailed, um, but it doesn't have to be that detailed. You just have to have a good understanding of what you want to do in your business career this year, three years from now, five years from now. You've got to keep looking forward.
0: Yeah, you don't need to be an Excel, you know, wizard to do this, but you have to understand, you know, this is what I did last year. If I want to attain this goal this year, here are the steps, right? Pretty basic.
1: Exactly. Exactly. They've got to identify where that business came from so they know what is working for them. And then they have to keep adding new business to their existing business. And how are they going to do that? They have to, sometimes you just have to verbalize it. And once you verbalize it, it's more obtainable to get to that goal.
0: That's why that one-on-one works so well. That's great. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. um, Stephanie, you've listened to the podcast before. You know that, and I've had you here the half hour, and you're in Miami. you got to get going. There's probably some fun lunch you're going to head to shortly. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked every previous guest on the podcast uh, to wrap it up here, and that's what advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business?
1: I would tell them, what, what I do tell them is, they need to sit down and have a business plan when they get into real estate. They also need to have some money put away because commissions do not come like regular eight to five paychecks. They have to be able to work around when they're going to get paid with a commission because you could get four or five commissions um, in a month and the next month, you might only have one and they have to learn how to budget for that and they need to understand that they need to have money put away so they have something to fall back on when they have that slower month. Um, Again, I just really tell people they need to have that business planning um, set and they really need to always want to have education. They want to keep bettering themselves and they want to um, go out and make a difference in their community. We want them to be community involved um, because they're building relationships within our community. And that's something that I say to all of our new realtors is you know, you just need to be involved in your community, no matter how big or small it is. They just need to see you out there.
0: Well, I think that's so important. The community involvement part, um there's it's there's so many benefits that come from that right first off it, it's you're helping out in a community that, that in, a, in a need that needs to be filled and when you do that um, from a from a good place with good intentions in our world that will lead to more relationships and that leads mm-hmm. to a more successful career right
1: it does it does it just leads to more business and it, and when people see you in the community they see you not they see you not always just wanting that next deal because that's what I always say at our our company is we're not here to do, just keep doing the deals. We're here to build the relationships and building those strong relationships within the community. And when people see you out there, they see you investing yourself, your time, your energy into the community, and they wanna work with someone like that.
0: Stephanie, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way they can do that?
1: They can find me on Twitter. And they can find me at my email address, ssursland at cdrep.com.
0: And I'll put that in the notes for the on the uh, podcast uh, show notes. And, and great. Stephanie, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day when you're down in Miami. You know, I'm sure getting ready to yes. hit South Beach or something tonight. That's great. <laughs> and and joining yes, us on the yes. real estate sessions.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Bill. This is a real honor for me. So thank you very much for inviting me to be a guest on your podcast. Um, I'm a huge fan and also of your podcast but I've also stared out so thank you for doing that also
0: have fun tonight be safe and say hi to Sean
1: I will I will thank you have a great day
0: you've been listening to the real estate sessions with Bill Risser of Chicago Title Arizona please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about the real estate sessions as new episodes are published weekly